So uh, every Wednesday we have uh, uh, kirtan, we have this spiritual music meditation, we have a, a discussion class, all kinds of different uh, topics, styles of teaching and different speakers as well. And then we also have a very nice dinner that follows every Wednesday. We've been doing this for about four years. And oftentimes we we'll, may give a little teaching from Bhagavad Gita. So I will go something on the 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Scary eyeballs. I have the chance to buy it in Spanish. Oh, my, we do it. Actually, we have Bhagavad Gita in Spanish too here. Uh, yeah, he, I bought to him in Spanish. Oh, nice. I actually, in English, it's too hard sometimes. Yeah, it's a very, um, very deep book. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to understand in your yeah. native language. One second. So this is from chapter 18, and I'll just read the Sanskrit. Ishvara Sarva Bhutanam Shridesh She Arjuna Tishtati Brahmayam Sarva Bhutani Ransha Rudhani Mayaya So Ishvara, anybody know what Ishvara? Eva, do you know what that word means? So John, yeah. I think it means Lord. Lord God, yeah. It specifically means uh, controller. Yeah. So there are many types of controllers, but there's one Padmeshwar, the supreme being. Like a person can be a president or prime minister, he's controlling something. But there's a Padmeshwar. There's a universal. Uh, there's planetary controllers, but there's a above all Padmeshwar, Ishvara. So Ishvara, Sarva. Sarva means. All. Ishvara Sarva Bhutanam. Bhutanam means living entities. So we got living entities that I can see right here, but there's so many other ones like the bacteria. I can't, my eyes can't see them. Um, first lesson that we learn in Eastern philosophy is that we are not these physical bodies. For example, if you are your physical body, so you're in your 20s. Uh, what happened to the body you had when you were five? Well, it's like a balloon? Yeah. So multiple choice question. How does oh. the body grow? <laughs> does it grow like a balloon? Or the, or, or are the old cells replaced by the new cells? Um, well, old yes. cells, yeah. <laughs> hey, you got it right. <laughs> so, so where is that five-year-old body then? Yeah, the, all those materials have ended up somewhere else. They're not here, probably not here in the room, present. <laughs> so the body is changed, but you're here. The body you had when you were five is not here, but you're here. And that is because we're not the body. So there are so many different living entities that are changing from body to body to body. 
So Ishvara Sarvabhutana, Shrida, uh, Shrida means the heart. Vesha means the place. So it means in the heart there is the Ishvar, the Lord. He accompanies the soul in the heart. Hridesha, Arjuna, Tishtati, Tishtati. means placed. So he is situated in that place of the heart. Brahmayan, Brahmayan means wandering. Brahmayan, Sarvabhutani, so he is actually directing everyone's wandering. So God is in everyone's heart, and he's directing everyone. Rancha, Yansha, Rudhani, Maya, who as if they're seated in a machine. Yansha means machine. There's actually uh, this cool book called Krishna book. It's got all these far out stories. And there's this one chapter, I, a lot of these chapters is a full movie. You know, it's like full on movie. You, you can make like a, at least 80-something movies just without hard work, just with that book alone, you know? And so there's this one story where Krishna goes to fight this powerful demonic king with many powers. And uh, he's in a place called Pradesh Jodhpur, which is actually a uh, historical place in India, which is now... Uh, Somewhere on the coast, I can't remember the modern name. But in the ancient literature, it describes that he had built his fortress with uh, all these kind of defensive measures. So he had electrified fences. He had uh, areas of poisonous gas called amila. He had um, moats. He had. And, and all the, also there, it said he had fighting robots. So we got a Terminator there. What's his name again? Uh, is that Bonasaur? Shalva? No, Shalva had the spaceship. That's what I thought you were going to so There's, there's Bomasaur and Bonasaur. Bonasaur had the thousand arms. It's a different yeah. person. So Bonasaur didn't have, wasn't the head of Pragdish Jodhpur? I don't remember all the other things you're talking about, like okay. robots and stuff. Like, I remember the Thousand Arms. But well, there's Bomasaur and Bonasaur, and right. those are two very powerful personalities. And their names are very similar, so I was... Can't, it's one of the two. Bonasaur. Boma means... Bomasura. Yeah. Means what? The son of the uh, goddess of Earth. And... Um, and then after he passes all through the palace, those defensive measures, there's, what is it, a three-headed, fiery monster that lives within the ocean, within the, uh, like a lake. And it comes like roaring out of the ocean. And it's so bright, and maybe you've seen in like Lord of the Rings where there's that fire creature, and he says, oh, not There's that fire creature, so there's this fire, fiery creature that lives within underneath the water How and he's <laughs> he has some kind of different kind of fire he's he's, 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 uh, he's so bright that you can't even look at him it's like hard to see him 
and he comes wheeling out of the water, and Krishna fights that guy. But I said robots, so I thought that was a really cool. fighting robots. So here, what is that? Yeah, fighting machines. Wow. Yeah. So now here you also have uh, it's saying that the body is also a machine, and you're the passenger. Rāṇī Rūdhāni. Rūdhāni. Arudhāni, place. Māyā. This is under the energy and the spell of the Lord. So all living entities are uh, being directed. And how we're being directed is based on our desire. So we may desire to uh, enjoy the temporary in so many different flavors. How many different flavors are there? Well, let's, let's look at the look. Okay, so look at the uh, uh, human body. So we have a lot of humans here. Here, you can see. Yeah, I know. And none of us look the same. Yeah? We don't look the same. So our bodies are different to to facilitate different desires. Somebody may have be able to play guitar. Somebody may be able to play the drum. Somebody may be able to. Uh, draw, we have all different facilities. And then if you look, so if you examine just the human body, it's just one species, it's this uh, unlimited variety. And then you have other species, like how many different types of birds, how many different types of fish, how many different types of insects, to, to facilitate all different desires. So it was once said that if you had the ocean as your ink and the sky as your canvas and a pen that could never break and if you were to write all your different desires the ocean would dry up the canvas would uh, you would go off the canvas and uh, the pen would break so, material world is a facility for living entities to try out different things and ultimately come back to its most true desire. And that is to reconnect with the Supreme. That is called yoga, union, to reconnect. And so, let's see. So, translation. The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, O Arjuna and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of material energy. This is a purport, this is an elaboration by our, you see his likeness here, our founder, and he is expanding on this verse, so a little more. Arjuna was not the supreme knower. For example, how many of you know what's going on in the next block? Next, next block over. None of us can answer because we are not the supreme knowers. Yeah. Just to illustrate that. Work perfectly. <laughs> His decision to fight or not fight was was confined to his limited discretion. But Krishna instructed that the individual is not all in all. 
the Supreme Personality of Godhead, He Himself, Krishna, as the localized super soul, sits in the heart, directing the living being. After, the ch after changing bodies, the living entity forgets his past deeds. But the super soul, as a knower of the past, present, and future, remains the witness of all of his activities. Therefore, all the activities are directed by the super soul. The living entity gets what he deserves and is carried by the material body, which is created in material energy under the direction of the super soul. As soon as the living entity is placed in a particular type of body, he has to work under the spell of that bodily situation. So as soon as the soul is placed in the body of a dog, he begins to uh, make practices, dog making sounds, if he's a cat, then he begins to purr. He's under the spell of that bodily situation, he begins to think, I'm a dog, I'm this body, this is me, that's my mom, that's my dad. And this way we think, I'm American, I'm, I'm, I'm from Spain, I'm, I'm so many different things. What chapter and verse was that, please? That is chapter 18, text 61. Can you read the translation? The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, so, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made out of material energy. So here's some more of the purport. A person seated in a high-speed motor car goes faster than one seated in a slower car. Though the living entities, the drivers, may be the same. So you may be in a human body or animal body, but the soul is the same. That's why we're a vegetarian, because the soul is the same in all creatures. Similarly, by the order of the supreme soul, material nature is fashions a particular type of body to a particular type of living entity so that he may work according to his past desires. The living entity is not independent. One should not think himself independent of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. An individual is always under the Lord's control. Therefore, one's duty is to surrender, and that is the injunction the next verse. So this is an interesting situation. It's like uh, as Maya Patam Idam Krishna says in chapter nine. He talks about how he is aloof to this world and yet is supervising it. So he is giving everything is happening under his direction, but he's still getting independence. And that is uh, a contradiction because we don't see that type of activity in this world. We don't see anybody controlling yet giving independence and is not uh, being influenced by being in that position of control. So one example is a child may try to pick up a very heavy weight father seeing him trying to pick up that heavy weight may pick it up and the child is thinking yes I'm doing it so that is the situation of the living entity that everything is being facilitated by the energy of material material energy and it is being 
reciprocally facilitated according to that living entity's desires, but he is actually not necessarily pushing the buttons. So when you raised your hand, it wasn't you that actually raised your hand. <laughs> Can you repeat that analogy about the father and the son lifting the weight again, please? So the child may lift, like for I'll just give it my own personal example. When I was three years old, I uh, lifted an adult up um, in the kitchen. I lifted him up. Uh, you know, it was like probably 170 pounds. Oh, I thought I did. <laughs> they must have done some trick to trick a three-year-old. But I was, I always thought, man, I was so strong. I, I totally picked up an adult, <laughs> man. <laughs> and so, yeah. It was later in my adulthood that I began to realize, wait, I don't think I ever picked up an adult. <laughs> They just did something. Said, oh my God, you picked me up. <laughs> it took you until you were an adult. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was <a> slow. <laughs> so the living entity is like that. Uh, he's kartaham iti manyate. He's a fool. He thinks that everything is acting according to his um, independent ability. But abilities can come and go. They can come and go. Like uh, one... Uh, devotee, he was telling me that when he was in school, he was he was kind of a bully, and there was this this kid who was like the teacher's pet, and he always you know raised his hand, all answers right, and so it was a sixth grade graduation ceremony, and the the student was in the mirror because it was a it was a Catholic dormitory school student was practicing his speech in the mirror and he was, he could, he'd done that so many times he'd spoken from the class very nicely and he was practicing his, his speech and then the day came he, the student came up and he said I, I'd like to uh, and then he went and stepped back down and said today ladies and gentlemen I, uh, and he stepped back down and he came in uh, uh, today uh, and then he stepped back and he fell over. And then the devotee, he was not yet a devotee, but he got up and he said, <laughs> uh, And the kid just, uh, they're very uh, ashamed. He went back to the you know, pews and sat right next to him. And he said, oh, I didn't know you had such a sense of humor, blah, blah, blah. So the abilities can come and go. And one can also see that, uh, for example, Great uh, mathematicians, great scientists who made wonderful discoveries, they, they can't explain how those discoveries came into place. How did the inspiration come? How did they not jump from A, B to C to D, but jump from A to Z? And discover, like uh, there was one mathematician that discovered something called the Zeta function that took teams of most brilliant mathematicians in the world seven years to make proofs of. Like you have your theory, but then you have to present a mathematical proof of it. And they said that he was able to present this theory with, uh, without having knowledge, the knowledge to, uh, to mathematically present that theory was not even present at that time. 
and he didn't uh, seem to, in his writings and his work, didn't even seem to know some of the rudimentary steps of that theory. So sometimes knowledge is revealed to us like that. You have some inspiration, some intuition. Um, we had a, a director from MTV. He came here. He was working on a film called PGS, like GPS. And it was a documentary called I mean, PGS's Personal Guidance System. And it was um, something that happened to him is that he was driving in the middle of the night in Los Angeles, and some intuition came to him, some voice he heard that said, Stop! And there was nothing in his periphery, nothing to indicate visually or any, uh, any of the senses that he should be wary. But he immediately listened. He stopped, and a dump truck flew past running the red light right right the intersection that he was about to cross. So he went out seeking. He spent some time here uh, interviewing us and, and Nithinanda Prabhu and, and, and filming. And he was doing this. And so from the Vedic standpoint, PGS, that personal guidance system, is super soul. He's in everyone's heart. Um, I, I had one circumstance where I was in Florida in 2001, and we were traveling on a bus, a bunch of monks, and our bus was had wood tile floors, and so there's, underneath the tile, there there is like a kind of like a rivulet, there's a place where the chairs are screwed in, so it makes a little tunnel all the way to the back, and so I saw within five minutes, ants come up go down, we had two rows of stick chairs, and then the rest of the bus was just like an open wood floor. And instead of going across the wood floor, they went to the left, they went into the tunnel, and ended up at the end of the bus at the tunnel, and the end of that tunnel was a garbage can, and in that garbage can was a, an apple core. So I was thinking, like, how did they know how the bus was made? How did they know? Like, they didn't have enough time to send out a scout, you know. Um, so it's pretty interesting that, that living entities in nature often will find food that is outside of their realm of sense perception. And from the Vedic ideas that God is actually taking care of all living entities. And, you know, we find elephants and ants. Elephant ant eats a little, or elephant eats so much. But still, there's, you don't have starvation unless humans are messing with the whole situation. So animals are very much always under the direction of super soul. Whereas humans, we have the ability to ignore and just act. Uh, we, we don't, we're not really tapped into that, that inner guidance voice. Sometimes, you know, so sometimes we may mistreat somebody and there's that voice that says, Hey, you should apologize. And you're like, ah, no. <laughs> Four years ago, he stepped on my toe. I've never forgiven. And so, so we're not so in tune. But the yogis, that is the purpose of yoga, is that they actually to connect to the super soul, this uh, um, intelligent guiding force that is present 
within all living entities, and even within every atom, is all pervasive. So, in the Vedas, they describe there are three levels of understanding the Supreme. And one example that I usually give is that if you could just imagine um, a train station, a, a train, a, say some people that have lived in the, in the, in the forest or the jungle that have never seen a train before, but they heard there's something called a train that's being built not too far from their forest. So three chiefs from, the from that forest village they go out to see what is a train. So the first chief, Hefin. The Hefin, I don't know. How do you say chief in Spanish? Maggie? Mm, how do you say words? It's like a you know like a villager village and then there's like the main person of the village. Yeah, the, the alcalde. Mm. Alcalde. Mm. What is it called? Alcalde. 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 Oh. It's like the governor oh, okay. of the town. Oh, okay. So they live in the jungle. Okay. So the the first chief he sees the train. So what does he see? He sees a big bright light. <coughs> And he sees his light and smoke. And he just runs home. He tells his friends, oh my god, I've seen a train. He said, what's a train? It's bright light, so bright. <coughs> Brighter than a star. It's like almost looks like the sun. And smoke and it rumbles the ground. <laughs> but the next uh alcalde. <laughs> he stays a little longer and he sees the train pull up the gears, the smokestack he sees all of the different uh, wheels and people coming on and off the train so he runs home he tells his friends and family what a train is all about and the last man he actually gets on the train and he takes a ride on the train. He feels the wind in his hair. He's never been so fast. Anything moving so fast. He has uh, some uh, tea in the cafe. And he meets the train conductor. He shows how things are operating. He sees it, the person behind it all. How it works. And so he goes, eventually goes home and tells his friends and family what a train is all about. So 
they're all speaking factually about the train, but they're different levels of understanding. So, um, the traditional Vedic example is the sunlight, the sun globe, and the sun god. So similarly, there is the first level of understanding the divine is called Brahman. You guys say Brahman. Brahman. And in Iskand we sometimes say Brahman, but it's not Brahman, it's Brahman. Brahman. Brahman is spiritual energy. And whether it is matter or spirit, it's all coming from Brahman. Everything is this one spiritual energy. And that's everywhere. There's nothing that's not Brahman. Everything is Brahman. It's all spiritual energy. Uh, matter is simply a transformation of it. Like uh, electricity can be facilitate, facilitate the creation of a device that is cooling, like a refrigerator, or it could facilitate something that is heating, like an sto- uh, electric stove. So matter is a transformation. It's all everything is spirit. It's all this one energy. And then next level is. So the light, you saw the light has no um, no detail, it has no variegatedness, it has no um, distinction, it's just this per- pervading light. But behind every light is the light bulb, or this, behind the sunlight is the sun globe. So the form is preceding it. So behind the energy, there's also a form. So there's a there's a next level of understanding. It's called param atma, or super soul, and that is the form of the Lord, which doesn't only enter the heart of all creatures, but it actually enters into each atom. Um, let's see. I made a little picture of it. Super soul and light bulb. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see that one? You can pass it around. And that is. That form is unlimited, so it has unlimited forms, but it's individual, it's actually a form, <coughs> but it pervades everywhere. So like Brahman, it is all-pervasive, but unlike Brahman, it has form. There's your light bulb, spiritual thought. Thank you. Let me get a spiritual thought. And then there's the final stage, is the irreducible feature of reality, personality, that behind everything you find this personality, even behind the universe, according to Veda's Bhagavatam, is personality. So what we find in this world 
is a reflection of what's found in the spiritual world. But the spiritual world is free from the inequities. It's free from the um, um, there's always some kind of lack in this world. Like for example, you may have a form, but that form is always deteriorating. It is always getting old. Where spiritual form is, it is not only not getting old, but it can be tr- it can transform. Common root, you can change form. It's it's not like a material form. But what you find in this world, its original prototype, its pure, its uh, essential characteristic is found in the spiritual world. And this is just like a reflection. If you see a reflection in the mirror, like an apple, what can you do with that apple? You can't taste it. You can't touch it. You can't smell it. You can't really do much with it. You can't see all of it. So it's just a, it's a you don't have the full feature of it. All right, so there you go. That's your spiritual light bulb. Hopefully that happens. So, um, questions, comments? Okay, so we have, my question is this. We all understand that the thing that is present in a living body that is absent in a dead body is what we would call the soul. You said earlier that this is the reason that we're vegetarian. You wouldn't want to eat something that has consciousness like us, yeah. etc. Yet, plants have souls too, and yet we eat them. Very nice. Yeah. So maybe you can talk about how that is and why that is. Oh, very good. So, and there's a book called the Ishopanishad. And in that book, it talks about one should only take that which is necessary, that is allotted for them as their quota. For example, animals that are meant to eat meat have very strong stomach acids, have uh, very short intestinal tracts. Animals that are meant to eat meat have a different pH balance of saliva, of urine. They, they don't sweat. They release moisture through their paws and pants. And so if you act outside of your quota, you act, do things that are not actually meant for you, then that's, you're taking that which is not meant to be provided for you by nature, then you're being a thief. And um, therefore there's karma. But even if you're killing a vegetable, you're you're only in the act of taking. So we are not simply vegetarian because just being vegetarian doesn't make it a spiritual meal. It's not that pigeons and monkeys are great saints just because they eat you know nuts and grapes. But it's the act of taking that wholesome food because God is also vegetarian. Uh, if you take that sattvic food, foods in the mode of goodness, and the, those are described in Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Ayurveda, those nice, healthy, free from violence, you take those foods and offer it back to God with love, and it becomes karma-free. But if you are vegetarian, then there's some karma. It's not the same as killing something that is 
doing something that's actually not even meant to be for human beings. So when scientists prove that plant life is alive, what does that mean in terms of Christian consciousness? That was just a question we just... I mean, the, the thing that's present in a living body that's absent in a dead body is the soul, mm -hmm. right? That's why we're vegetarians. We want to eat things so, with yeah, we're, we're, we're not we're vegetarians. We're the soul. Krishna has talked about the soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The illusion of the soul. The illusion of the soul? No, it doesn't say the illusion of the soul. Well, maybe that's the next meeting. <laughs> so, about that? The, the karma becomes free when you take that spiritual, that, that wholesome food that is according to the quota of a human being and you offer that to God. Like a tiger doesn't get any karma because he's actually acting according to his nature. Right. And he also doesn't have the ability to, he also doesn't get karma because he doesn't have the ability to question his actions. So when, when you take that sattvic food, food that is meant free, for example, if you go to like the biblical tradition, which is full of so many confusing things, there's you know, one thing, one side, one. But it does say very clearly in Genesis that God tells people, it says, I give you every herb that beareth fruit. I give you vegetables. That shall be your food. And after some time, the people uh, in that community became more desirous. They, didn't, they weren't satisfied with that. And he permitted them, okay, you can, you can eat animals, but then disease came along with it. If you follow the story, disease was introduced right after that. If you want to talk about the Bible, there's no recorded instance of people eating meat in the Bible until after the flood, until after Noah and his family got off the boat. Where there's no food. Right, so that's the first time, so the original diet of humankind, in other words, in Genesis chapters 1 through 11, there's no instance of eating anybody eating meat, they were all vegetarians. After the, after the cataclysm, after the flood, after they all got off the boat and had to repopulate the world, like Chandra just said, God gave them, you know, by concession to eat meat, but not necessarily by commandment, or not necessarily by... Mm. I mean, for example, if the government allows people to drink alcohol, does that mean that it's desirous? Or tobacco. Right. Or is it you know, beneficial? Is it healthy? So can I ask you a question which is addressing my gentleman here? But the bigger picture, that I'm being lazy. Why should we honor nothing more than Krishna? So he's debating, and probably speaking out of line here, but I'm just you know saying something that some people would ask is you know he's debating the meaning of Krishna and this and that. But um, if you want to accept Krishna, it's probably pretty clear. If you don't want to accept Krishna and counterbalance it and compare it with your life you're living, it's probably more problematic. So it seems kind of clear to me because we're all, if, 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 for example, if plants are conscious, the conversation we were just debating about. There was no debate. There was no debate. It was just a question. Yeah, well said. I'm sorry. Well said. Yeah, just a question. Then, I mean, it's very complex. And my answer would be we don't know, maybe. Um, 
In other words, if we wouldn't want to eat things that have consciousness, and yet we all agree that we have plants that have consciousness, then why would we eat plants too? I mean, classable. Well, you, you can't eat it. You, you, the humans can't survive without. without yeah, okay. It's just a matter of surviving. You know, breathing yeah. and, and. I mean, closing your eyeballs. From a classical Krishna consciousness argument, you'd probably out of line to raise well, the question about. I was, I was asking non-duality. I mean, are we just talking about non-duality here? I was asking a question that I already know the answer to, just for the sake of discussion. I mean, that's why it's all offered. That's why it's time of free. Right? You know, I mean, I know the answer to the question. I mean, I was just opening it up, right? So open it up. I did. Any other questions? Okay, taking it to the next step. All right, let's hear it. All right, my my question is this. Plants have consciousness. Plants have souls. Right. Why do we cut trees to build houses when we could live in caves? Well said. Actually, somebody had somebody had. And the Prabhupada would get very upset if they cut a tree. It's a very serious deal, actually, to cut trees. Um, and but he's and, not Krishna. But and, uh, not hold on, hold on. And uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, when Hiranyakashipu wanted to um, go against spiritual culture, to his his plan was to kill priests, kill cows, cut down trees. Uh, like you see in the Lord of the Rings, they start cutting down the trees and they make this like little house thing. So it's uh, it and traditional Vedic culture, they're 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 very very it's it's you don't just, you can't just indiscriminately cut down trees it has to be very thoughtful i mean you, there, there are ways to to work with the forest in a very thoughtful manner that, that can be done and that's why you find in the uh, the very wise ancient cultures they if you go back prior to dwarka yuga you go back to treta you go back to santa yuga they didn't build anything they just lived in the, the Jungles and meditated, but as you know, as the, the desires grew, then they had to facilitate accordingly. So in Satya Yuga, yeah, everyone was a yogi. They just lived in the forest and meditated. They didn't need a house. Um, actually, there is a sage. His name is Harry Rishi. That was his name. Lomasha Rishi. Loma means hair. <laughs> Lomasha Rishi. And this guy has uh, a special boon. He lives trillions upon trillions of years long. He lives so long that every time a hair falls off his body, uh, a Brahma dies. And Brahmas, are, are, their lifespans are as long as universes. And so Harry Rishi was on, on the banks of Yamuna meditating. And another sage said, hey, you know, why don't we build you a little hut to protect you from the rain? He said, why? I'm not going to be here for that long. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He said, why? I'm not going to be here for that long. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Harry Rishi was always wary of the razor of time, which cuts everything down. So. That was a close shave. <laughs> <laughs> Just to add on, related to Cliff's question, I heard uh, Srila Prabhupada say that you know, the 
if, if a tree was to be cut down, the king traditionally had to approve it. So, because everything born in the kingdom is a praja, oh, yeah, yeah. or one who has taken birth. So the king, in, Vedic, in the Vedic definition of a king, uh, and not that long ago there were Vedic kings, um, they had to protect everyone in their country who was born. So that includes trees, plants, you know, ants, insects, fish, you know, only if it was determined to be in the you know interest of the greater good, I took it out to cut the trees. So yeah, so this this kind of tree cut enterprise that we have to build houses is uh, definitely exploitation. Hey, about around five thousand years ago, you had was the last time you had virtuous leadership. Any other? Well, I think Prasadam is ready. All right. Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. So we'll have our spaghetti dinner. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.